Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. All right, get your Bibles out. And uh, some of you have it on your, your phone. Some of you have the old school Bibles. Amen. Find your way to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start there in just a moment. But uh, I want to give you the title uh, of what I want to share on, what I've been impressed. When Pastor Chino invited me to speak, uh, I thought, man, there's so many people in the house that could do this. I mean, Jason, Pastor Jason, he's a preaching machine. Somebody say amen. And the worship team, don't we have the hottest worship team around? Come on, give them a hand clap. Amanda and Amanda. See, I got it, I got it down, you know. They are awesome. The, if I start, Chris is, is great on the keyboards, and, and I could just go around the drummer and the bass player. Joanna leaned over to me and said, man, that bass player is good, you know, because she's been around worship all of her life, and uh, she can spot them. But I, I told them before the service, and I mean this, that we have a worship team that's really good enough for a mega church. Come on. And we're on our way. Everybody say we're on our way. Yeah, we are on our way, and uh, this building will not hold us, I can tell you that. But I want you to write this title down. I want to share on faith versus feelings. Faith versus feelings. And I'll tell you, this is a, this is a principle that, uh, that applies right across the board in every area of your life. Certainly your Christian life, but... I want you to think about this. Let's, let's just take a, an everyday, before we get into this passage, let's just take an everyday occurrence. How many of you would do well, now think about this before you just give me a religious answer, all right? How many of you would do well every morning when you wake up if you just went by your feelings? Nobody. How many of you would show up at work if you just went by your feelings? And so this is not a strange principle. You know, when you talk about faith and feelings, people go like, oh, you know, what, what is he talking about? You know, I'm talking about that we need to live our life by faith. And we're going to talk, we're going to dissect this faith in the realities of what God has said. Did you get that? Faith in the realities of what God has said, not in the uncertainties of what you feel. Because feelings are like the waves of the ocean. One moment they're up, and the next moment they're down. And we've all experienced that, where even in, in one single day, you can be on a high and you could be on a low. And I'll say this, if, if, if you're battling with substance abuse, for instance, your highs will be really high and your lows will be really low. And that's the danger of substance abuse, whether it's alcohol or drugs, is that it, it enhances the, these feelings and that's not always good, is it? And a lot of people in the middle of the lows, the extreme lows, they make bad decisions and wrong choices, and it can come back to hurt you and to haunt you. But let's look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, actually chapter 4, and let's go to verse 7, and I want us to put this on the, uh, on the uh, overhead and we're going to take it slow. Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Everybody say earthen vessels. Now, let's just stop right there before we go any further, because I want you to get this first part. What is the treasure that we have? 
He's talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we have a treasure, and that treasure is our salvation. That would be Jesus, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure, but it's in what? It's in an earthen vessel. What is an earthen vessel? That's your physical body. And so, isn't it remarkable that God has chosen to come and live within us? Amen? But our physical bodies don't always cooperate with the treasure that's in the earthen vessel. Are you hearing me? You wake up some days and uh, you don't feel saved. You don't feel good. You don't feel like you're walking in the Spirit. You don't feel like being patient with anybody. Feelings, feelings, feelings. And they're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. Very rarely is it like, you know, you, we've all been on the lake or you've seen the ocean where it's just almost like glass. It's just smooth. There's times it's like that. But most of the time, there's some roll in there. There's some waves in there. So Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And he's going somewhere with this because he's going to say in a moment that there are things that challenge our earthen vessels. There's resistance. Everybody say resistance. There's headwinds. You know, I'm a pilot. I've, uh, I've flown many, many hours in my life as a pilot. And uh, sometimes you take off and you've got to do what's called fuel management. Fuel management means that you know you've got enough fuel to get to where you want to go. Would that be a good idea? Somebody say amen. That's a good idea. But what you may not realize is when you get to altitude and you've got autopilot engaged and here you are cruising 20,000 feet or whatever, that you weren't planning on, there's headwinds. And the headwinds means your plane's going to go slower, which now you've got to be thinking as a pilot, fuel management, now I'm burning more fuel to get to where I need to go. Do I have enough fuel to get to where I want to go? And that's one situation that you just don't wait till the last minute to pull over to get gas. <laughs> Amen. And so it takes experience, and, 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 and I've got a lot of experience. I started flying about 1980, 1981, and I've crisscrossed the United States. I've crossed the Gulf of Mexico. I've been into countries, other countries delivering medical supplies, you know, as a pilot. I've almost been killed as a pilot. I'll tell you what, it's just a miracle of God. You look at me like, oh, that sounds so, you know, dangerous. Well, you know what, driving a car is dangerous. Some of you have almost been killed. You look back in your life and you just thank God you weren't killed in that situation. Amen? But Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, he says that the excellency of the power may be of who? Of who? Of God and not of us. Now, look at the beginning with verse 8. Look at verse 8. It says we are troubled on every side. Now, I want you to mark some of these words. Troubled. Everybody say troubled yet not distressed. We are perplexed. Everybody say perplexed. Say, here comes the headwinds. Here, here comes those things that challenge you. He says, perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying. That doesn't sound too positive, does it? Jason, can't you give us a, a more positive verse than that? This is just real life stuff. Paul's saying, even though I'm an apostle, I'm going to paraphrase here. I'm called of God. I'm anointed of God. Jesus appeared to me on the road to Damascus and called me. Yet, at times, I feel like I'm going to be cast down. I feel like I'm going to be perplexed. I'm in despair. There's mobs that have attacked me. If anybody could have 
had those feelings rob him of his confidence, it would have been the Apostle Paul. I mean, man, you read some of the, some of the things that he went through, shipwrecked. I mean, he talks about it just in passing. Shipwrecked, a night and the day in the deep. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. A night and the day in the deep? That means the Mediterranean. That's where his ship was. Dun, 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 dun. That's when you wish you hadn't watched that movie, Jaws. I don't know about you, but what would you be thinking about if you were a night and the day in the ocean, floating around out there? Would it, would, it, would it make you a little nervous? Honey, I would get the baptism of the Holy Spirit right then and there. Amen. I'd be rebuking sharks, minnows, bass. I'd be like, Jesus, help me. I'm messing with you. But you know what? Paul faced all of that. He faced stonings, beatings, shipwrecks, mobs. And he said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that, what? That the life, everybody say the life. Now, you know what? For, for those believers who have trained themselves in this thought of faith versus feelings, everybody say faith, faith. versus feelings. If you've trained yourself in this, then when the pressure comes, Jesus oozes out. When the pressure comes, Jesus, the life of Jesus comes out. For most of us, when the pressure comes, what oozes out? Impatience, irritability. I'm going to snap right back at you. And that's what comes out of most people when the pressure comes. But for the believer who has learned to yield to the control of the Holy Spirit, for the believer who has learned to yield by faith and not go by feelings, when the pressure comes, Jesus comes out. Amen. I mean, I would not be a good Bible teacher if I were to stand here and tell you that uh, your life is going to just be, you know, roses, nothing's going to bad happen, there's not going to be any pressures. That's not realistic. Now, I don't advise you to go claiming those things, amen? You'll have enough of that without claiming them. But when they come... There is a key that will give you the victory, and that is walking by faith instead of by feelings. Walking by faith instead of by feelings. Why do you go to work? You get up in the morning, you go to work. Why? Well, when you first wake up, you got some aches and pains. Where's my Advil? I take Advil. I got some sniffles. Where's my Alka-Seltzer? Don't look at me like some of you have never taken medicine. Some of you take medicine every day. Why? It's like I got aches and pains and I can't hardly move unless I get going. Got to have my coffee. Got to have my coffee before I can do anything. I can't, don't even talk to me, honey. I have to have my coffee. Got to get my fix. Why do you get up and go to work? Well, it'd be kind of nice to pay bills, wouldn't it? It'd be nice to be able to go to the grocery store, wouldn't it? So you overcome aches and pains. It's cold outside. Who wants to go out in the cold today? Oh, Jesus knows that I love him anyway. <laughs> but you what? You get up, you go to work. Why? Because you're a person that's responsible. You want to pay your bills. You want to be able to go to the grocery store. You've got children. You've got obligations. And so you get up and you go. Whether you feel like it or not, you're going. Now, take that same principle and bring it over to the Christian life. I'm going to be patient whether I feel like it or not. Hello. 
I'm going to respond with the agape love of God and overlook their, all their, their stuff. I almost said a different word, and I'm glad I didn't say that. I'm going to look, look, overlook all the stuff they're throwing at me, and I'm going to realize they got problems too. I don't know why they're acting like they're acting today, but I'm going to cut them a little slack because Jesus has cut me a whole lot of slack. You getting this? Paul goes on and he says in verse 11, For we which are alive, we, are, we which live, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. There it is. That's exactly what he said. He said, we have the treasure in earthen vessels. And he said, we are living so that the life of Jesus can come out of the earthen vessel. It's kind of like um, if you have a bottle of, of perfume or cologne for the guys, and somebody said, man, this is really good stuff. I mean, this is, you know, this is just smells fantastic. It's $80 a bottle, but, you know, he bought it for you anyway. Amen. And you just set it on your shelf, and you've got this treasure in a glass container. But until you release it, everybody say release it. Everybody say release it. Oh, he's almost over. I want to mess with you, daughter. Kwame's almost over. Spray that stuff. Kwame walks in. Woo, wait. I'm feeling it today. <laughs> messing with him. You got to realize we've known each other a lot of years. We've known each other a lot of years. But when the treasure is released, that's when the benefit comes. Are you getting anything out of this? So, so when the pressures hit you or when the temptation is to, to, to be in the flesh, to react in the flesh, and this is so true in relationships, isn't it? Every relationship goes through ups and downs. And if you live your relationship by feelings, you're not going to have a very good relationships. I have, I have observed in my life, I'm, I'm, in next month, this coming month, on Valentine's Day, I am a Valentine's baby. Uh -huh. That's why I'm such a lover. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be 70 in February. And let me, tell you, let me tell you some things that I've seen through the years. I've seen people quit college and leave college because they just weren't feeling it. Just not feeling it. And they quit and leave. I remember starting off college every year. There were a few that were so-and-so. Well, they left. They weren't feeling it. I've seen people quit jobs because, like, I'm just not feeling it anymore here. I had an argument with one of the people in the back there. I'm out of here. And they live their life that way. They live their life by how they feel instead of faith. You getting anything out of this? Now listen, if you live your life by feelings, you're not going to have very many good relationships because you're, you're accustomed to just leaving it the moment something goes bad. I don't care, like, the ladies in the house, if you have a... a, a a girlfriend, a lady friend, you're going to have some moments where it's not going to be all smooth. Guys, same thing. You know, you have guy friends. There's going to be moments something's going to go a little bit wrong, and if you're just out of here because of that, you're not going to have very many relationships. You're not going to, you're not going to excel in your job. You're not going to uh, be able to have your income increase 
Why? Because you're accustomed to just leaving at the moment the feelings aren't right. But listen, people that have faith, faith, the force of faith in their lives, and they understand that, they will live a more stable life. They will work through the problems at times, and they'll have an enjoyment that, that other people can't have if they're just out of here. You'll finish college <laughs> instead of just leaving. And, you know, we all can look back, and there's been times in my life where I was just out of there. And thank God for his mercy and grace that forgives us. Amen? But we can start now to start living by faith instead of letting feelings just jerk us around. And see, the devil, boy, he's in feelings. The devil will jerk your chain with feelings. But when you learn faith, God can lead you into his plan and destiny for your life. You get anything out of this? Are you learning something? Let's go on, and it says in verse uh, 12, So then death works in us, but life in you. Now, I want you to mark verse 13. If you're taking notes, just, just somehow in shorthand, make a note of verse 13. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. What's he saying? I want us all to say this out loud. I have, come on, say it like you mean it. I have the spirit of faith. Oh, Lord, give me greater faith. Amen. Paul says, we believe, therefore we spoke. Now, what, what's he talking about? Well, here's what I think he's saying. I think he's saying that when he was a night in the day in the deep, the ship had been sunk out from under him. They're floating around out there. I would have been like, oh, my God. There's probably sharks around. That's not believing and speaking properly. I think Paul was in the night, the day, and the deep saying, I have the spirit of faith. We're supposed to be over there preaching in that city. Doesn't matter if the boat got sank out from under us. There's no shark from hell that's going to be able to eat me because God has told me to go there. And he was speaking, speaking, speaking the plan of God because he had faith. When the mob attacked him, they were, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. I think Paul was a man of a spirit of faith. He said, we have the same spirit of faith, therefore we speak. When you have faith, you'll speak different. You'll believe different. You'll talk different. Hey, there's no mob sent from hell that's going to be able to kill me until my appointed time. I'm supposed to preach in thus and so city. God told, Jesus told me that I was going to go to the Gentiles. They haven't been to all the Gentiles yet, so I can't die. I cannot die. Amen. So you'll speak different. When you have the spirit of faith, now if you have the spirit of doubt, you'll speak a certain way. If you have the spirit of fear, you'll speak a certain way. If you have the spirit of poverty, you'll speak a certain way. Oh, I can't afford that. I can't ever afford that. We'll never have a house. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there you go, down that path. Instead of like, well, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have the spirit of faith. God's going to help me get a house. God's going to help us have children. God's going to help me to get a better job. You start speaking different when you have the spirit of faith. Are you getting this? Now, this is not a magic wand that just makes everything go away. I told you that a minute ago. But it's a tool. It's really the primary tool because everything works by faith. You talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, finances. Everything has to have the, the foundation of faith in order for it to function. And Paul called it the spirit of faith. You see, you grow beyond just mental faith so finally, you are a person that has a spirit of faith. 
I wish we had time. We'd go back and, and, and read about Joshua and Caleb. Do you remember them in the Old Testament? Ooh, you talk about two boys that had the spirit of faith. I mean, those guys had the spirit of faith. You remember the story? Where they sent the spies into the promised land and the spies came back like, oh my God, these, they're giants. There's no way that we can take that land. There's no way that we can take that land. I mean, we are done for. And Joshua and Caleb were like, mm-mm. God said, go in. We're going in. Everybody died off except them. They lived and did not die. And they took in the next generation into the promised land because they were men of faith. I like about Caleb, I think it was on, was it his 80 or 85th birthday? It was 80, I think. And his 80th birthday. Now, I'm, see, I'm claiming some verses that you guys aren't claiming yet, but I'm claiming some verses. <laughs> they said, what would you like for your 80th birthday, Caleb? I'm paraphrasing. I mean, if we had time, we'd go read this story. Caleb said, well, you know what? There's one mountain left with some giants on it. I want you to give me that mountain. Now, what would you want at 80 years old? I'll take a rocking chair. <laughs> I need a stair lift. You know, I need a motorized vehicle. Golf cart with AM, FM radio. <laughs> this guy said, give me that mountain. There's one mountain left, and it's got some giants on it. And if I go and conquer that mountain, you got to tell me that I get that property. That's what he said at 80. And they said, okay, Joshua said, okay, mountain's yours. 80 years old, he went and kicked those giants out, and that was his land. Somebody say amen. Now, we're talking about some people with spirit of faith. Are you hearing me? We're not talking about people like, I don't feel like it. I feel like those giants are too big. And I'm 80. I'm only 80. You know there's other people that agree with you? I'm only 80. That's right. You, need to, you just need to slow down. Uh-uh, I'm refiring. I'm refiring. All right. I'm enjoying preaching. Can you see that? <laughs> Verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, rebound to the glory of God. Now, I want you to really focus on 16, 17, and 18. I see most of you are looking. I like that. You're looking in your, your phones. You got your Bible. Some of you got your old school Bible. You got the real Bible. Amen. Not that electronic Bible. <laughs> the old Shambach. Got to have the Bible. Verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now that's very important. You've got an outward man. What is the outward man? We have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. The outward man is your physical body. But he says we have the inward man. So though the outward man is getting beat up by the world and by all this stuff coming at us, we got the inward. We're, we've learned to live by the inward man, which is the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Amen. And he says it's renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, apostle. Oh, wait a minute, Paul. Our light affliction. Everybody say light affliction. <laughs> Wait a minute. Stonings, beatings, shipwrecks, imprisonment. Paul said those are light afflictions. Honey, you don't got any afflictions when you look at his list. 
Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm being, a, I'm being so afflicted. I stumped my toe I hit the, hit the side of the bed when I got up this morning. That was the devil. Oh, come on, folks. Light affliction is shipwrecks, stonings, beatings, whippings. And he says, when they do that, Jesus comes out. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, verse 18 is it. Verse 18 is the summary of what I've been preaching. I want you to mark it in your Bible. Underlight it in your Bible. Put it in yellow highlight in your Bible. Amen. While we look not at the things which are seen, we look not at the things which are seen. Say it with me. We look not at the things which are... Say it again. We look not at the things which are seen, but he goes on, he says, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. What are you looking at? What are you focused on? Paul said, you know, when that mob came, I saw them, but I didn't really see them. When they tied me up and whipped me, I felt it, but I didn't really feel it. I chose to focus on the calling that I have, not on the temporary attack. Thank you, Jesus. When you run out of money, do you focus on that? Well, you see it, but choose to focus on the provision of God. When you feel uh, insecure, and we all do at times, what are you going to focus on, that or what the Word says, I'm accepted in the Beloved? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have a treasure that's in an earthen vessel, and I choose to focus on the treasure and not the earthen vessel. Amen. I mean, you think about your, your physical body. Just think about that for a minute. Think about how much how many hours a day we spend on the physical body? You get up, you shower. I hope you do. <laughs> you wash your body. You deodorize your body. You perfume your body. Some of you needed to write that down. Because <laughs> somehow you missed that notice. Trim your body, fix your hair, and we haven't even got out the door yet to go to the job. I mean, this is all your body. You got to feed your body, medicate your body, pamper your body. Are, are you with me? We need to be focused on the treasure. Now, all that other stuff needs to happen. Somebody say amen, because if you don't, it will be very offensive to the rest of us. But we've got to get our focus right. While we look not at things which are, we look not at the, we look not at things which are seen. When you when you look at your spouse, do you look at just the negative stuff, or can you focus a little bit on the positive? Well, honey, if there was any positive, I'd be focused on it. <laughs> There's always something positive. You want them to change? You just repeat. Constantly telling them the, the negative stuff, negative. Why don't you 
change tactics because that hadn't been working too good, has it? And why don't you come over and just say, you know what, I really like this quality about you. And then you tell them one quality, just something. And watch, watch the, the light go on in their, in their heart. Children are like that. You know, when you're raising children, I mean, you have to tell them when they're messing up. You can't not tell them. But you really need to redouble your efforts and start telling them the positive and focus on the positive. I mean, obviously, if a child's getting ready playing too close to the street, you, you go out there and tell them, you cannot play here. you got to play over there. Man, you're just ruining my fun. No, I'm saving your life. Get, get your butt over there and play over there. you got to do that. But in the midst of all that, you need to be telling them things like, you know what? God has a destiny for your life, a plan, and, and Mommy and Daddy are going to help you find it. I don't know what it is yet, but Mommy and Daddy are going to help you find it. You start planning these ideas in their head that I'm important, that God has something in store for me, and Mom and Dad are going to help me. Amen. Now, I want to look at a diagram, and uh, we're going to put this on the, on the overhead, and I really want you to get this diagram. I'm going to use the, uh, the illustration of the old, old school train. They're a little bit different these days, but in, in the old days, there was an engine. There still is an engine, but the fuel in the old days was probably wood or coal. Today, it would be some form of petroleum, diesel. And then there might be a lot of other cars in there, but there was always, I don't know if they do this today, but there was a caboose, okay? Now, I want you to label these in, in your note-taking, just the way I have them labeled here. The engine that pulls the train, the thing that pulls the train, oh, I like that. Amanda's making a photo of this. Some of you need to put your, take your phones and make a photo of this, and then you'll have it, okay? So don't, don't, don't. Don't be embarrassed. Hold your phones up and snap it. Everybody say, snap it. Glory. See, when you preach enough, you can make anything sound anointed. Snap it. Glory. It's like some of those old preachers, you know. Snap it for Jesus. So, and, and so the engine that's supposed to be pulling the whole thing is labeled fat. The second car, which is the fuel is your faith. And notice there's an arrow pointing towards the fact I'm having faith in what? In God's word, the engine that's going to pull it down the track. The caboose, honestly, a train can run with or without a caboose. Am I right? I mean, the caboose was important, especially in the old days. They would be guys in the back and they would get off and when everything was ready to go, they'd swing the lantern. So the the engineer in the very front could see that, okay, we're ready to go now, and he's giving me the signal. He'd get back on. And there was, there was a function there, but you don't really have to have the caboose for the train to go. Are you hearing me? And so we've got that labeled feelings. Now, that's the ideal way that God wants you to operate. God wants you to operate where the thing that's pulling your, that's got the power that's pulling you down the track is the Word of God the facts of the Word of God. If the Word says you're an overcomer, then bless God, you're an overcomer. But I don't feel it. No, hey, wait, 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 wait. You hadn't heard a thing I said. We're not going by feelings. We're going to change our perspective here. If the Word of God says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
Well, you don't know my situation. If you knew, I don't really want to know your situation because I want to be focused on what the fact is. The fact is God's word. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, you hadn't seen my checkbook. I really don't want to see your checkbook because I know that if we start pulling the train by what God's word says, it's got power to get you down the track. He can get you a better job. You can get better pay. You can go to that tech school, become a radiologist. You can do this. You can do that. You can do a lot of things if you get your perspective right. Amen. And, but you got to have faith in it. Now, I'm going to play with this diagram, and I want you to switch it up for me, in your head at least. Let's take the arrow, instead of putting the arrow pointing towards the fact, what if that arrow was pointing towards feelings? In other words, what if you started putting your faith and the fuel towards the feelings? Does the caboose have the ability to pull the train? Mm -mm. Only the engine has the ability to pull the train. But did you know most people live their life the other way? They live their life putting their faith in their feelings. Ooh, I'm feeling it today. Yes. I am not, by noontime, I am not feeling this. In fact, I'm not feeling you. <laughs> and I don't want to see your shining face anymore. I am out of here. I went to one week of humanities class, and I wasn't feeling it. I had a, a class in uh, physics, and I certainly wasn't feeling it. And that's the way people live their life. They put their faith in their feelings. Now listen, feelings, we all like feelings. Feelings are good. Feelings are from God. But because we live in a fallen state, we don't live in a perfected state. After sin entered this world, sin has affected our physical bodies to the point that our bodies will age, decay, and die at some point. Thank God we'll get a resurrected body. Amen? And some of you are going to look even prettier than you are now. But you're going to have a resurrected body. But our bodies have been adversely affected by sin more than we know, more than you can possibly imagine. You were designed to live forever and ever. We know this is true because even in our fallen state, our bodies tries to heal themselves. Isn't that interesting? So somebody says, how can you prove that healing is of God? I don't even need the Bible. Just look at your physical body. It tries to heal itself. You, you get a cut and it, a scab forms and it starts to try to heal itself and mend itself. Now, it's not always able to do it depending on the disease, but it's trying. Are you getting this? That's the mercy of God that, God, that, our, that, our, that our bodies that used to be a perfected body, Adam and Eve did not have to worry about uh, disease. They didn't have to worry about early death and timely death. They were protected. Their bodies had the power of God coursing through it. Amen. But then sin entered the world and, and their bodies were affected. But because our bodies are affected, feelings are not what they were designed to be. There's times that we have these wonderful feelings. I mean, some of my best feelings and memories are when Joanna and Ryan were, were just little, little ones, just little tots. And, and I'd be in the yard playing. I mean, if, if you're a parent, we've all had 
certain memories like that where it's just a wonderful moment and you thought, man, can life get any better than this? And you just feel that moment and it's wonderful memories. So we're not saying that feelings should be cast out, but you can't trust your feelings. Are you getting me? You can't trust your feelings. And so one of the mistakes is that people put faith in their feelings. Now, let me give you another, another uh, scenario that I've alluded to, and that is some people think the, in, the, the, car, the train is supposed to go that way. Feelings do not have the power to pull your life. Only the facts of God's word. Is this, is this diagram helping you? Are you getting something out of this? I know it's simple, but thank God simple is good. Now, I want to go to one other passage. Well, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17 before we leave this. It's right down the page. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We were in chapter 4, and I just skip over to chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That, there's the summary right there. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? I mean, we could also say we walk by faith and not by feelings. We walk by faith and not by the way it looks. Paul said we don't look at things which are seen, but things which are unseen. So it's faith that we're supposed to walk by. Now, last, last verse. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I think I've got it wrong on the overhead. It's 1 Thessalonians. Yeah, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And go to verse 23. So make that correction in your notes. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let's talk about how God designed you. And if you would, put up the, uh, the diagram with spirit, soul, and body. 1 23 says... And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now, notice the word holy there, not H-O-L-Y. It's W-H-O-L-L-Y. In other words, completely. Some versions say completely. So God's desire is for you to be sanctified, which means cleansed or matured completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body. Would you say that with me? Spirit soul, and body. Say it again. Spirit, soul, and body. Paul says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I like verse 24, faithful is he that called you who will also do it. Somebody say amen. So, God wants you to be matured, developed in three dimensions. Spirit, soul, and body. Okay, good. Here's the diagram. Now, when the Bible talks about spirit, it's talking about where he says in other places, the new man or the inner man, the inward man, and that is the Holy Spirit joined to your spirit. That's what that is. So, did you know that even non-Christians have a, a human spirit? Did you know that? Some of you just went cross-eyed. Even non-Christians have a human spirit. There's a spiritual capacity. That's why some people that aren't Christians, they get, they get interested in witchcraft and 
uh, demonology and Ouija boards, and they're, 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 there's a spiritual curiosity there because part of their makeup is a spirit. Now, unfortunately, that spirit is fallen. That spirit is in sin. Another way the Bible puts it is that we were in darkness. We were in the kingdom of darkness before we entered the kingdom of light. So your human spirit without the Holy Spirit is dead unto God. But when you accept Christ, something wonderful happens. The Holy Spirit indwells you. Now, I've got a microphone in my hand, so this is going to be kind of hard to do, but we're going to use a sleight-of-hand illustration. Everybody put your hands up like this. Everybody follow me. My right hand. Say it. My right hand. One more time. My right hand represents my human spirit. My left hand represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, let's get into this. The Holy Spirit is alive. He was there at creation. He saw everything. But my human spirit is dead unto God. But when I accept Christ, the Holy Spirit, who's alive unto God, joins with my spirit, and I'm born again. I'm a new creation. And now I'm alive unto God. Amen, 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 amen. So when your neighbor says, what did y'all study in church? Just go, hee. They'll be like, okay, we're not going to that church. But notice on the diagram, I've got the spirit on top. Below that, submitted to the spirit, is the soul, which is the mind, will, and the emotions. And then below that is the body, which is the five physical senses. Now, this is the way that God designed you to operate. God wants you to operate so that your spiritual drive is dominant. And your mind is submitted to the spirit. So when my mind goes like, you know, I don't really understand that verse that says, I can do all things through Christ because I know I cannot do all things. I'm, not, I'm, I'm having a hard time on this job. I'm having a hard time in this marriage. I'm having a hard time in this and that. That's where your mind has to say, wait a minute, but God knows more than I know, so I submit myself to what he says, and I'm making the spirit more dominant. Somebody say amen. amen. When your physical senses say, like, I'm tired today. I don't feel good. It's cold outside. I want to stay in bed under the covers. But, honey, we've got to go to church. Give me one good reason we've got to go to church, because you are the pastor. Now get out of bed. Hallelujah. Even pastors fight it. There we go. Everybody say this out loud. My spirit will lead my life. My spirit will be dominant. My soul will submit to God. My body will submit to my soul. Amen. Now, that's the way God wants you to live. When you get it out of order, what do you do? It's real easy. On a daily basis, we all get it out of order. I mean, if you're honest, on a daily basis, and I'm including me, Pastor Chino, Pastor Lydia, whoever, get it out of order. The moment that you sense that it's out of order, just whisper a quick prayer. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. I yield back. That's it. 
That's really a summary of what First John is all about. If we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just doesn't have to be at an altar call. Doesn't have to be tambourines shaking over your head. Doesn't have to be a love offering. It's just a whispered prayer. Lord, I just give this to you and I, I submit back. Amen. Just that quick, you're back in line. Now, you may flip between that several times a day, especially when you're learning this for the first time. Don't be discouraged. Just pray a prayer, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. That's what I do. Lord, I thank you I'm forgiven, and I just yield back once again. And the goal is that during the day, it'd be less and less that you're just living in the Spirit. You're what the Bible calls you're walking in the Spirit. This is really what walking in the Spirit is all about, walking under the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater.